welcome to the Wayfinders Podcast. Well, my name is Jessica Vanderhoek. And what is it that, you know, I know that you work for uh, Calgary EMS. Mm-hmm. Can you give us some of your professional background, maybe that you, and I love your charity. So just explain for everyone kind of that, your background in your own words. Okay, so I have been an advanced care paramedic for many years, and I've been working on the ambulance now for 20. This is this year is my 20-year anniversary. Two decades. Two decades. <laughs> yeah, I feel old just talking about it. <laughs> it's, not the, it's not the years, it's the mileage. Yeah, lots of mileage. Uh, in 2010, I created a charity called Prairie Sky Equine Assisted Therapy. We actually had a different name back then, um, but... Regardless, the charity was started in 2010, and initially it was an equine therapy program for adults and kids with special needs, and then we realized pretty quickly that we could have a really positive effect on at-risk youth, Mm. so we started that programming, Yeah. and then uh, in my personal life, uh, in 2011, I was diagnosed with PTSD, and so I had about a 10-year battle with that. And as I was going through that, I realized that we had the potential to have a really great um, PTSD equine program, but I needed to get healthy before I could pursue that. Well, and and, and that is the thing. I mean, as you're going through these processes and you, and you realize there's these vehicles and you're going through your own wellness program, sometimes we um, those going through it, especially those the, the high performers, and most first responders, military, we are high performers. Absolutely. And, you know, and we're rewarded for that performance. But when you're going through those therapies and, and, and your symptoms are acute, you don't even realize how diminished your capacities are mm-hmm. and that you can't sustain them. So even if you have a, a momentary, yeah, I can, I can handle this, I can organize this, your, main, your ability to maintain it is actually quite limited. So, I mean... Did you know that about yourself? Yes, at, at very the time? much. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, no, I knew that because, you know, we were still running the special needs programming and we were mm-hmm. still running the at-risk youth program. Yeah. And I knew that I was super burnt out. Um, mm. But the biggest thing was I didn't want to project my trauma onto anyone. And I, I watched other people start different things and, and essentially crash and burn. Yeah. And it was good for nobody. Well, it's just, you know, I guess the, the road, eh? Yeah. It's paved. Yep. We all have good intentions. How can we make it better? Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm very empathetic because I've been down the road trying yeah. to help out. You know, when, when my first foray into volunteering post-diagnosis, um, you know, I was like, oh, I'm going to try to lean in with the Legion. You know, this seems to be, I, I just want to see how it is. A little yeah. bit of experiment. Yeah, that did not work. No, because at some point it becomes a distraction from your healing. Oh, And yeah. you convince yourself that you are better than you actually are because you're comparing yourself to the people that you're trying to help. And I think... Yeah, I think uh, at times, I mean, I, I don't believe um, that you can't be of a huge amount of service, mm-hmm. even if you are injured. I think you can be a huge service to people, but I also think that there's a very fine line and that there needs to be really firm boundaries around that. Absolutely. And, and, and I think this is one of those things, you know, going forward when you we're, we're talking about peer support. Mm-hmm. And we need to have that, those moments of honesty about where someone is in their wellness journey and also guarding against potential triggers for relapse, Mm -hmm. you know, managing of the, of the pressures. And uh, I think having your, 
experience of, of knowing that, you know, that, that self-awareness and being able to check in and being honest with yourself, forcing other people to be honest around you mm-hmm. is a, an amazing skill. So talking about specifically into this particular program, because, you know, we're, we're in this alone together. Yes. It's the launching of the WWR's uh, fundraising campaign, this, this, this hub, this physical hub, potentially digital hub of wellness, bringing together all these different uh, elements. So, mm-hmm. but what made you want to get involved with? Well, when I was diagnosed, PTSD wasn't talked about and there were zero resources for us available. I had to find my own psychologist. I had to pay for him out of pocket. And I just happened to get incredibly lucky mm. that he'd been in the military in South Africa and had seen combat. Uh, anyone who is so blessed to have a chance to meet, a, I, I also have met several combat veterans from South Africa in mm-hmm. my journey. They're, those guys are the real deal. And, and, and they tend, they're very pragmatic. Yeah, very pragmatic. Like, but <laughs> in, in their very blunt way, they don't sugarcoat it. And, no. that's, and that's kind of what you need. You yeah. need to have that blunt, I care about you enough to call you out on your shit right now. So I'm, I'm curious because, okay, so you're getting your diagnosis. Yeah. In the early days of, I mean, so 10 years ago, yeah. this is in the, uh, we're still in Afghanistan, the military's PTSD program is starting to become apparent that, that, that we're causing some damage, but it's still early days for the military. Yeah. So how did you come about, and, and if you don't mind sharing, how did you come about finding your diagnosis? Because that must have been very disjointing about why you're not where you're supposed to be. Yeah. Well, what's interesting about my diagnosis was up to that point, we understood PTSD to be a result of an acute trauma. Of, of, of like a singular event. A singular traumatic event. Yeah. And that you would know that you had it because it would be such a traumatic event that there would be no doubt. And with mine, mine was an accumulative stress injury, which they knew nothing about. And so I wasn't even aware I had PTSD. Mm. I thought... I was just really exhausted and really burnt out. Yeah. And I hated everyone and everything. And and, and that's not even that 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 might be your normal. No. Well, and I just kind of thought that it was. I just sort of thought that I'd evolved into that person because of my job and that's just how it was going to be. So it was a huge shock for me to actually get diagnosed with PTSD. So were you at a so you were you entered into an acute phase that you needed mm-hmm. to put up your hand and say you know, I, I mm-hmm. hand up something's wrong yeah and and you go in and they're going through this assessments and and you're and you're hitting all the boxes yeah like, so was this a surprise for the clinicians as well um I don't think so much for him but like you you just said he's going through all these these symptoms and he's like I think you have PTSD and I was like well how is that possible I've how been, is that possible yeah. like I've had I've had a lot of obviously traumatic events in my Mm. life and obviously traumatic events at work but at no point was it this massive you know horrible thing that they tell you is the cause of it and so he wasn't necessarily so shocked because he's dealt with ptsd in the past but i was shocked so almost a fortuitous congruence of the universe Mm -hmm. or the fates or if you subscribe to the uh creator that allows this person to because if this was a joe blow canadian who who didn't have that as a background of knowledge would have given you a pretty bad 
misdiagnosis. Exactly. I would have been misdiagnosed and mistreated all of this time. And, and that's lost time where mm-hmm. more cumulative damage and potential further opportunities for destruction. Exactly. So, uh, and I want to share this as well. So today we had this chance to uh, do uh, an intro into your mm-hmm. uh, program with equine therapy. And I had heard a lot. And I, and, and I had, the first moment I heard about equine therapy, you know, I... I fell in love with the with the concept. It seemed right. Um, I had it kind of briefed to me, but I never one to take an advantage of it. Mm-hmm. Two, I, I just really thought, oh well, that's not really for me. I'll, I'll find mm-hmm. my own path. Yep, <laughs> as we all do. As we all do. And uh, you know, but you but you had me stand in the arena. Yeah. And close my eyes with two horses in there, and I hadn't been around a horse in twenty years. Yeah. And. Um, yeah, you know, the, the, uh, I won't go into the specifics, but I get it. There is power in that kind of treatment. The, the breaking down, I can see huge value, not just for people like at my stage, but early when you don't even have a concept of what it is to be in the now, when you're not being honest with yourself. Oh, cause I, 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 I have a toolbox of grounding and figuring out, okay, I have to be in the present, I have to be in the now. And, 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 and you did it very beautifully about kind of activating those those tools in my toolbox. But I was, afterwards, I was kind of digesting and soaking about this, about what that would be for someone at the beginning. Right. And that is a really a shattering way to get into someone. To, you know, if someone's like, oh, I mean, the trick is going to be getting to just come out in the first place. Exactly. But if we can find a way to get that hook into him, and I think we got to say no to a horse. Come on, come on out. And, <laughs> I mean, and, and if you have to call him, you know, you know, kind of shame him a bit just to get him to be healthy. I'm, I'm not above that because, you know, I'm ex-mill. We shame each other into everything. Yeah. Um, but so in that vein, knowing that you've done this Prairie Sky Equine, and if you want to talk about that, well, I, I love, and I, I do want you to talk about some of that, but what have you found as a key part in your wellness journey, what in your healing story? So personally for me, once I understood that PTSD was a soul injury, mm. that's when everything got flipped around. Cause yeah. up to that point, I'd tried a lot of the brain based therapies mm. and they work to a certain extent, but I'm very much like you where we kind of outsmart the therapies that we've been given, we can understand them. We can comprehend them very easily. Hyperanalytical people have an issue with that. Exactly. Yep. Right. So we're already sort of like, oh, I know what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, we, yeah. We get to the end part where, where I don't know what's going to happen next. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Cause I already know what you're up to. Yeah. Um, so once I started to treat it as a soul injury and I started looking into things like energy work, Mm. Um, and working with the horses, that was a huge turning point for me because it opened up a whole other world of um, healing for me and, and awareness, right? When you have this big awakening, so to speak, a big spiritual awakening as part of your healing, which I'm seeing more and more and more of within the first responder community that people are starting to have this huge spiritual awakening as a result of their trauma and trying to heal their trauma. And I love that. Yeah. I mean, and so... You and I talked about this the other the other evening. I am a traditionalist, but the one thing I would encourage everyone when it comes to finding wellness options, take a breath, mm-hmm. open your mind. If you if if anyone has a problem with some of the 
loaded language because language is awkward, it's clumsy at times, and people take preconceived notions of what things mean. Don't worry about that part. You know, sometimes language follows action. Yeah. And and and, and in, in this particular one, I don't care what brand of uh, language that you want to subscribe to. I'll, like, I'll, I'll I'll be the first one to confess. There is this is genuine. This is real. There is. I mean, and, and, and you did a really nice way of explaining, you know, when you walk into a room, mm-hmm. you, you know what the energy of the room is. Absolutely. Is, is someone having a fight? You know whether even yeah. someone's even said that. You know, and some people can say, well, it's because you know body language. You know before you even see Yeah, because you, you can feel the energy. That's right. Yeah. So there's no doubt mm-hmm. in my mind, and, I, and, and that would be the one thing for anyone who's listening, is just take a breath, open your mind, don't worry about what you what you think you know. Yeah. And walk the path. If there's uh, and and because what you what do you say in hockey? You miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Yeah. And what you think you know can actually be very detrimental to your healing. Right. Yes. I oh, <laughs> I love pre- preconceived notions. Yeah. <laughs> right. oh. We are our own worst enemy. We can definitely get in our own way. Yeah. yeah. So if we if we talk a lot of, or and hear a lot about these different modalities, because mm-hmm. I mean, this is what the WWR is. It's just, we're trying to make this hub of, and, and, and how, making this, how I would describe it, an a la carte menu. Yes. You know, of, and exposing people to different things you don't even know. I mean, I, I, I had facial stretching, and, that, and that's not your face, by the way. That's yeah. actually some deep. Facial stretching. Facial. Thank you, my pronunciation <laughs> being what it is. Being educated every day, and I'm like, oh, "What's this? Uh, stretching? Ah, uh, yeah, no, that's mind blowing. I haven't felt this good, and I don't even know when. Mm-hmm. And it was just a minor opening to it. Yeah. So, so we talk about these different modalities. We, you know, the WWR is a hub. Um, what is one of the ones that has been really, not, for lack of a better words, favorite, or one of those ones that has, has really been a fulcrum in your life? Mm-hmm. Um, or is is anyone that that you've heard of that's on your radar that you would still like to add in or, 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 or go through some sort of process? Well, I think you and I talked about it a bit last night that um, plant medicine has been a mm. huge key part. And although we don't offer it here, um, it is offered around the world. And um, I would say plant medicine was pivotal for me in my healing. And I'm, I'm, I'm quite excited about this. Yeah. So for anyone, you know, th- th- this is the language that, uh, that Jessica used. I think it's absolutely correct. Plant. We're talking about psychedelics. Yeah, yeah. so, but they're, yeah, psychedelics. <laughs> but there is a, a, an awakening, a reawakening. And the, the banning that happened in the 60s, I think happened for a reason. There was a really, like, we didn't know what they touched. No. But the the new data that coming in, especially the stuff coming in the micro um, dosing. Yep. And, and, and the guide of stuff that you're going through, some of your stories talking about it, and we, we don't need to go into detail yeah. here because a lot of that, that that's your personal uh, journey. Exactly. But, um, but, but the results, you can't argue with the results. Yeah, they're and, profound. And, you know, if anyone's interested, take a look at, at what the results are microdosing for psychedelics. It is, it hits the reset yep. on the brain. And um, the data is showing it. Um, it makes both... Um, chemical sense it makes psychological sense there's a lot of stuff where you're going spiritual sense spiritual sense where all of a sudden you know you, you're getting like i like how you put that you know there's there's neuron neuron paths and you're locked into it and you have to 
know, whether it's like a record and you're stuck in the loop and you need to get out of that loop. Yeah, yeah. And hit the reset Like a button. car on a track. Yeah. So, and and that's that open-mindedness. Yeah. And if, if someone's like, well, I'm not comfortable with that, well, then don't do that. Exactly, don't do it. Because the essential part of working on with plant medicine is just that it's a very soul-based treatment. But mm. there are lots of other soul-based treatments and there are lots of other things that can put you into a we'll call it a psychedelic state um, that have the same effect, maybe not necessarily to the extent, but things like breath work, things like um, doing sweats, things like getting into a deep meditative state, mm. yoga, all of those things. Hi hypnosis. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They can create kind of a similar experience. Yeah. And, and, and that's really, uh, again, what gets me so excited about this um, as a concept where you're, you're exposing people and you're talking to them in real time. It's like, well, this is interesting. Well, well, yeah, mm -hmm. well, well then let's talk about, what are there barriers that you have? Well, I have these concerns. Yeah. Well, the, you know, th those concerns are valid. And, and then you can talk those things through with people who have walked that path yeah. before, get in touch with the experts that are available yeah. and say, listen, everything's on the table. Yeah. And I'm I, I'm really excited about, about that as well. So but back to you, yeah. you know, so personal philosophy of mine, you know, when you're looking at, doesn't matter whether you consider yourself in a, in a multiverse uh, where there's multiple versions of yourself throughout the infinite multiverse. Mm -hmm. Why can't this one be the, the one with your the best version of you? But it can. Exactly. So, yeah. so in that version, do you have a way of, like, what does the best version of you look like? The best version of me is someone who loves herself very much. Mm. Someone that makes herself a priority. Um that best version of me definitely works with horses full time and lives on a ranch. <laughs> I, I love it. The, 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 the best version is coming in a little more focus. Yeah. 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 Um, and the best version of me no longer works in an industry that continues to be traumatic. Like I'm really looking forward to the day where I hand in my uniform and I walk away from it forever. Well, you know, with the, with the community of, well-minded people and we start putting some our, our brain pants together maybe we can do things to enable yeah. that portion of your best version so you're no longer burdened yeah. well you know because we all have practical concerns i need to eat yeah i need to pay my bills yeah i i have obligations i need to fulfill yeah. but we also need to find ways to make that happen so you we don't just run on this treadmill of continuing damage we need to find ways to make those incremental steps to the best version of you. Oh, exactly. Because like I've said to you, you can do all the healing you want mm. and get into the best state possible. But if you continue to work in a toxic environment, you're going to continue to be traumatized. It's just going to reload that trauma. Yeah, it'll be new trauma, but you will continue to be traumatized. You put that door. Yeah, we need to close that door behind you. No, yeah. I, and, and, that, and that is really quite brilliant. So finish off. I'm, I'm an optimist. Yeah. I want everyone around to be an optimist. Yeah. So... What is it that you hope for? Um, my hope is that we have a full-time uh, equine-based PTSD program. I would love to see what we're doing because it is so effective. And I know that we can do so much good with it. Mm. Even as part of my own healing journey, working with the horses had some of the most profound effect for mm. me. And I think... Like I've, I've alluded, like I've, I've, I've described this to you before having PTSD was like being in a really bad car accident mm. and 
you know, you have a collapsed lung and you have swelling in your brain and you have bleeding in your abdomen and we get you to the hospital, they won't put you right into surgery, right? They'll do things to stabilize you. Yeah. They'll give you blood. Yeah. They will give you drugs to stop the swelling in your brain. They will, you know, put a chest tube in to reinflate your lung. They'll do all of those things before they put you into surgery because if you go into surgery too early, it'll kill you. Right. And so I see a lot of these modalities of healing like that stabilization to get you into surgery. And, and for everybody, surgery is different, right? Mm. But um, I believe horses have the are, are absolutely one of the stabilizers mm. and can potentially be surgery for people. So my wish would be that we would run a full-time program and that people wouldn't have to wait six months to get the services that they need because that's what the wait lists look like right now. Oh yeah. For the military, it's even longer. Yeah. I mean, that's just, to me, it's a disgrace. There are a host of people who can, who can give me the reasons why that is the way it is. Mm -hmm. The fact is, is we cannot accept that. It is unacceptable because if you're in the acute phase, you'll be dead by then. And, you and I talk about how fast first responders, I mean, in the military, we, we how fast we go down from being, I can, mm-hmm. I'm, I can handle it to self-destruction. It's just a couple of days. If that, yeah. Yeah, if that, exactly. Um, but I think it's another reason, we can't speed that part up. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can petition the government we, and, and we can we can help articulate the narrative of why we need to have these resources and how we can potentially streamline them because we, we've seen these bottleneck choke points of yeah. access. But what we can do and why I get excited about this is this, grassroots how can we i think we can bring out the tape we can hold someone together Mm -hmm. long enough through these modalities through equine therapy Mm -hmm. to say be brave one more day and we and we can help get them guided into the because there are a lot of resources and that's another thing to be hopeful for there are available resources way more than we're 10 years ago yeah access is it timely not nearly enough Mm -hmm. but we can talk about it and we can we Together, we can build something like this where we can hold the guys who are about and, and gals who are, who are going down. Yeah. To hold them together for one more day and get them into where they need to be. And I think that's, we should be all hoping for that. Well, and that's one of the great things about a project like this is we don't have to wait for the government to do something for us. We don't have to wait for the agencies that employ us to do anything about this. Yeah. We get to take the control back and decide that we are going to help each other heal. Oh, helping each other heal. Right. Helping each other heal. Alone. Together.